Alright, this is another episode of Philly vs. the World with myself, John Iliano, my good friends, Andrew Bishop, and Christopher Kafsky. <laughs> what's going on, boys? What's up? What's up? I didn't, I didn't know who was talking second, so it, I took a second. Usually I'm hosting, so I kind of got thrown off. But I know. We're, we're going to switch it up every no, 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 no. It's, 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 it, uh, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not mad. Because you already was... have too much on your plate from your work. <laughs> so I, I, I was thrown off. I, I appreciate it. Now, look, this is some, you know, depressing stuff. Um, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. Every day I wake up and I read something and I get more and more, like, scared and depressed and, like, kind of just, like, I don't know what the hell is going to happen. And I know that kind of sounds crappy because, you know, we want to stay positive, but, like, I I, I I don't have any idea what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to okay. happen tomorrow, the next well, day. You know what's going to happen, though, right? What? We're going to get. We're going to do this podcast for the people because yeah, no, we're going to do a service for the people. Yeah, it keeps know? me going. It keeps yeah. me sane. All right, let, let's get distracted. Let's go into our own little sports. Wait, wait, wait. What about Drew? Drew, how are you, bro? Aren't you like, isn't Ohio like lockdown, lockdown, like? In Jersey, yeah. we have a curfew, and, like, you know, they don't want you out unless you're going to get food or run outside of the park, but, like, stay away from people. Like, you guys are on lockdown, lockdown, right? Or you yeah. were. Yeah, Governor, uh, Governor Mike DeWine is, is pretty hardcore when it comes to this stuff. He's kind of been setting the curve on all this. I think it was two days ago or a day ago that the at 11.59 it was – you're not even supposed to leave your house. Like, it's a, it's a lock in place. I mean, that's essentially the, the status quo for everybody. But, I mean, cops aren't pulling people over. It's kind of a soft enforcement. But he's definitely going hard with it. Um, also, for anyone who is listening to the pod, obviously you can't see us. We are practicing social distancing. We're all in our respective states, hey. Hey. cities, at, ha- at, at our homes with our families or whatnot. So, yeah, we're, we're being safe here at Filiers the World. Absolutely. I'm in my uh, room that I grew up in back in my uh... – House on in Pennsylvania, Bucks County. Shout out to Bucks County, boring ass place, but whatever. Hello, hello Donovan McNabb posters on the wall. Yeah, and then I got some. Uh, I got my B Dog jersey. Uh, I got my B Dog wall right there. It's pretty sweet, but uh, mm. whatever. Uh, yeah, this whatever. This is a little bit of an Eagles museum, and I'm not gonna lie. One time I brought a nice uh, female companion in here. She said the first thing she said was, "Are we in the Eagles Hall of Fame right now?" I'm like, yes, <laughs> we are. <laughs> so, <hey. laughs> oh my god! So it's all right. That's... But anyway, let's let's get started here, guys. Tom Brady signs with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Did he choose the right team? And how does time in Tampa shake out? Uh, I mean, look, I don't know if he chose the right team, but it was definitely a good team, a good situation. Um. Let's put it this way. He's going to have the best wide receivers he's probably had duo, you know, for what, the last five years since, you know, Randy Moss, Wes Welker, you know, all those guys. He's got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. He's got O.J. Howard, Cameron Brate. They have a young Ronald Jones. They're in a position to even draft a running back late, you know, early in the second round. He's in a good position to win. I think he would be in a better position if he would have chose. This is a better position, rather, if he would have chose L.A., Indianapolis, honestly. I think Tampa Bay is a better situation. I think Bruce Arians is a good coach. And I think a lot of people, no one's really talking about this, but something tells me the experience and the class and the skill that Bruce Arians has, that kind of attracted Tom Brady to go to Tampa Bay. Not a lot of people are really mentioning it, but I think that kind of had a big part about it. He's going to an experienced coach, a coach who knows how to play, a coach who wants to win, 
who's really kind of just needed that game-changing player to get over the edge with his teams, even in Arizona. He, he's got that now on top ready. Now, we'll have to see how it works out, if it's better than New England. Obviously, you know, sometimes the grass isn't always green on the other side. So it's going to be an adjustment, you know. Will he get a rhythm going right away, especially if a season's shortened now? Will it take him even longer to get adjusted? These are all things we're going to have to look into. So I, New England might have been the more comfortable option and the more safe option, but I could definitely see him have success in Tampa Bay. I think this is going to be one of the best divisions in football right now because I don't. Mm. Atlanta's going to be a great team. I think New Orleans is always a good team. Carolina might make some noise. We'll see with you know Matt Rule, Teddy Bridgewater, and all that. And I think now with 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 Tom Brady, how can you rule out the Buccaneers not being a favorite in this division? Get a couple guys in the draft on defense. They're they're a great team. Then, Chris, how do you see his time in Tampa Bay shaking out? If you had to make a prediction right now, it's a two year deal that he signed. But so in those two years, what's going to happen? It's, t- it's tough to say. I, I, I don't know if you can guarantee a Super Bowl because at least this year, we don't know what's going to happen. Are they going to play 17 games, you know, you know, 16 game season, 17 weeks? We don't know what's going to happen. It's tough to say that right now. I think he'll have success. If I had to make if I had to make a guess, I'd easily say I think in one of these two years, they make the playoffs and he probably maybe wins a division one of these years, too, in a tough division. They, they might do it. Maybe they get a wild card, especially with that seventh, the 17th. I wouldn't be surprised if they sneak in both years that he's there. I, I don't know if I can guarantee a Super Bowl, but I don't think I could have guaranteed a Super Bowl either with the Patriots. I probably could say a likely chance of winning that division, but not a Super Bowl guaranteed. I, I, I don't know. May, I'll put it this way. Weapon-wise and, and, and assets, mm. I think they have a better chance of winning a Super Bowl with the Buccaneers than he would with the, with the Patriots. Comfort-wise and, and scheme-wise – and gel-wise and understanding the team, the Patriots. So it's just, it's just a weird situation. If they could just plug him in and he can go like he is, mm-hmm. th- this team is going to be a lot more dangerous than people think. True. Yeah, I, I think Chris really broke it down from just like an analytical perspective. The division is going to be hot. That's going to be a very fun division to, to watch. We already know about the Saints. You know, Falcons coming off a bum year, but, but they're always primed and ready to strike. Panthers, I don't really know how to feel about them right now, but they'll probably be hunkering in the bottom. And the Bucks. Honestly, we could talk all day about the football fit and what this means for the league and if the Buccaneers will make the playoffs, but let's just be real and, and frank here. All we care about is the narratives here. I'm just paying attention to what Bill Belichick is going to do with his second quarterback in however many years it's been. Eight, how many years has Tom played there? It's last one, I mean, the last one was Drew Bledsoe besides injury yeah. and suspension. Well, how many years has 20 years. 20. 20 years. So this 20. is his first first new starting QB in 20 years. It looks like the QB room is set with like Brian Hoyer, the Stidham kid. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting because these past 20 years, or at least this past 10 years have been occupied with the Brady Belichick debate. And now we finally get to separate them. And this is so unique because Brady is 43. You know, it's not even like a Manning situation where Manning went to a team with an established defense and he just had to kind of game manage and and, you know, not make a ton of mistakes in order for them to, to get far. Brady's playing on a high-octane offense. If they don't perform well, it's going to come down to him. That performance is going to emanate him and his legacy. On the same other point with Belichick, if Belichick can't win, if if the Bills win the division this year or Chris's Jets, which would be a surprise to me personally. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. Um, if the Bills won the division this year and Belichick doesn't, what does that say about Bill Belichick, man? This is your first time not winning the division in how many years, and you you, you, you do it without Brady. So I think that everyone's going to be paying attention to the narratives. Um, 
as for like success and for like my predictions, if I had to set a line at over under playoff wins for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Brady in these next two years, mm-hmm. I think the appropriate number is 1.5. I think you're like like 1.5. If Brady can get two or more playoff wins with the Bucks, I think that will be. And would you take it over under? Would you take the over or under in that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to feel because that's a strong division. They might have to sneak in wild card style. I'd take under. Oh, with the with the seven seed. The seventh seed is going to be big, though. That's so, easy. so you have to you say the line. It. The line would be like over one and a half at we'd say plus two fifty. You know, no, because plus like a hundred. No, plus because like you. But think about it. This team hasn't been in the playoffs in a long time, right? That's true. But like twelve years. Is, twelve years. Seven to nine, eight and eight with Jameis. If Brady is any more efficient well, than Jameis. But now remember, Drew, it's to win a playoff game. So they can sneak into that seventh seed and then get crushed by the number two seed, and it doesn't count. So you got to think about it like that. If they if they get in, but they don't win a game, and if they're playing the seventh seed both years, they're going to be playing the two seed, which remember, that only the one seed get the bye, so they could be playing, you know, the, the, the Packers, the Cowboys, the Eagles, you know, the, 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 yeah. the Niners, whoever the team, the powerhouse is. So... You gotta think it'd be, you know, the line's a little juice, but that's interesting. That's interesting. I love we'll, that one and a half. I love that we'll one and a half. To, I think we'll have fun. to see what happens, but like the Buccaneers roster is gonna have to fill out more. And I'm also very interested in this report that came out right after Brady signed that says all these guys want to sign in Tampa Bay. I don't know where these signings are coming or are coming, when they're coming, but apparently it's reported that a bunch of players want to play with Brady, but the Bucks aren't signing anyone, so who, I don't understand. Who, I, I don't want to interrupt with both of you guys. Like, who, who do you think that would be? Because I've heard the same thing, but who are who are these players that you think that could be coming there to Tampa? John, I'll, John, I'll pass that to you. Honestly, I I have no idea who it might be, and usually I don't like to say I have no idea because that just doesn't yeah. sound good. But honestly, all the guys that you would think that would want to sign there are already signed somewhere else. Do they have the space for Clowney? I was thinking Clowney, but that's the thing. They have Shaq Barrett. Yeah, but that would be fire. Barrett and Clowney would be yeah, a stud. They're already, but they're already in the dumps for the for the cap. Yeah, yeah. So that's they can't afford them. But Drew, did he? Did Tom Brady choose the right team in your mind? Uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like you, you gotta if he's really gonna stiff the Patriots, and it, it almost seemed like the Patriots didn't even want him back. Brady, I mean, don't go to L.A. That you know, that's just a odd situation i wouldn't touch the chargers at the moment i think tampa bay is on brand it's cool you know you see the tweets after he signs it's like he looks so good in the uniform this and that i think it's good for his brand overall like manning went to denver for his last few years right and Mm -hmm. brady gets to go to tampa bay that's awesome you know that's amazing and compete against quality quarterbacks two times like brady versus breeze twice a year yeah, I think that was his right decision at the end of the day. I think so, too. When it came down to the Chargers and the Buccaneers, I thought he was going to go to the Chargers because of the whole L.A. brand and the TB12 method and the mm-hmm. fact that he's in the AFC. But then again, I said, hmm, he's got to go up against Patrick Mahomes twice a year in the same division. Ooh. I think he could take on Drew Brees, but I don't think he could take on Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs team. And also... I think the Buccaneers, that is the better team of the two. It's got better weapons, the better coach. I, I don't want to yeah. say easier division. It's an actually tougher conference. And you're in the NFC. You're in Tampa Bay. Like, you're closer to, to New York. You want to be close to your son, Jack. That's great. And honestly, I think it would be a better story if you took the Buccaneers 
to the playoffs, a team that hasn't been successful these last 12 years. Like, that's almost your whole life, Drew. Yeah. Like, you were seven years old the last time they were in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like, that is ridiculous. I think I that's that would be an even more fun story or narrative, as you alluded to earlier. But in terms of how it's going to shake out, do you think it's going to be Super Bowl, NFC Championship? In your mind, would, how do you see that shaking out? Well, well, I'll well. I said the over under is one point five, so so that's what I'm saying. Basically, I'm saying if you were to bet the over, I think that that's a huge risk, but it's a valid risk over one point five playoff wins. Do they get a run going? What really has to be revealed, and I think that it's so tough to make a prediction here, and mm-hmm. I'll see if you agree, John, is mm-hmm. that Jameis Winston was a prolific passer, but also very inefficient. Oh, what kind of passer will Brady be in the Bucks offense? I don't expect him to be you know, a gunslinger. He's obviously, you know, past his prime, prime football years, but he's also not just a useless kind of, you know, stand-in quarterback. Mm -hmm. He will efficiently read defenses and look around the field. So if Bruce Arians can have a playbook that adapts to him really well, they have a chance to have a lot of rhythm. He has a ton of experience. He's the greatest of all time. And, you know, reading defenses, being a QB mind, that's something that doesn't go when your body leaves you, you know? So, so... I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't bet on the over 1.5. I would bet on the under gotcha. just because they're probably not going to win the division with the Saints there. Mm. But I really, I really don't think it's that big of a risk to say, hey, they could go to the NFC Championship. They could maybe get a Super Bowl. You know? Yeah. What do you think? I mean, in my mind, I thought the perfect team for him was the Miami Dolphins. Really? I thought. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I think that's the number one team because you're you would be in the same division. And how sweet would it be if you were to win the division with the Dolphins, a team that was trying to tank years prior, and you're with your a coach, you're with a coach that you're familiar with in Brian Flores, all right? And they, that team had a ton of money, a ton of draft capital. We saw the spending spree that they did in free agency. I feel like he would have had a lot of control over the offense. And you're in Miami. That's the same state as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And imagine winning that division. That's a big middle finger to Bill Belichick. And the narrative of oh who's be- or the debate of who's better Brady or Belichick if Brady wins a division without Belichick oh that would stir up so much craziness in Boston and in the NFL world I just think as an NFL junkie as NFL fans we should have wanted him to go to Miami just for those reasons I, I, yeah I think that would have been cool he would have had the weapons like Devonte Parker yes. they did spend a lot they they're definitely gonna be an improved team next year people are sleeping yes. on the Dolphins okay John then. Then what do you think? He's with the Bucks. What do you think I, happens? I think they get to the NFC Championship uh, this upcoming year. Really? Yeah, because I think this entire offense just impresses me. I think with their first-round pick, they could draft DeAndre Swift. I know they have to address the offensive line, and I had my mock draft come out, and I had them selecting an offensive lineman. But I wouldn't be surprised if they took DeAndre Swift. I just don't think Ronald Jones is the back that Brady really – does well with. I think DeAndre Swift, if you sign him, that running back crew would be so lethal. Mm. You could just rely on him. I think wherever DeAndre goes, he could go to Miami. I think he's going to be rookie of the year. But uh, yeah, let's move on here. Uh, Drew, you're up. All right, guys, let's kick it up. All right. Simple question. Free agency has pretty much been in full effect for a few weeks now. So which team has improved the most and which team hasn't done enough? John, I'll, I'll pass this one on to you first. 
All right, so in terms of which team has improved the most, on paper, you got to say the Miami Dolphins. I mean, they signed Jordan Howard. They signed uh, Shaq Lawson. They signed Byron a, Jones. Byron Jones. They, they signed a bunch of guys. Yes, they're overpaid, but they are a way better team than they were last year. They had so many low-round guys, undrafted guys, playing at crucial positions, and now – I think with the draft coming up, let's see if they could trade up for Tua or Jordan Love. I think mm. Miami Dolphins are going to be the most improved team once it's all said and done. Yeah, and then, I mean, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go no, 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 no. Continue. So, Wait. in terms of which team hasn't done enough for me, I think it's the Colts. I know the Colts traded up for, or not traded up, but they traded their first round pick for DeForest Buckner. I think that's a great move. But signing Phillip Rivers, you've got to be kidding me. That was a horrendous move. Terrible move. Like, you don't mm. sign Phillip Rivers when you have Jacoby Brissett. That's, to me, that's not a big jump. You're in the same place, if not worse, because Phillip Rivers does not protect the ball. I know Jacoby Brissett isn't the most accurate quarterback, but he's younger. He's got more leg. I just think you're better off sticking with Jacoby Brissett and maybe signing Teddy Bridgewater. And I'm not even a big Teddy Bridgewater fan, but anything above Phil Rivers would have been a good move for the Colts. Mm. I really, I agree, John. Um, but the Dolphins, you know, and I don't know if their moves are enough to win. And I think, you know, maybe we'll see what they do in the draft. But I think they, they you know, for me to say confidently that they've done a better job than the Jets have done so far. And the Jets mm. haven't done a bad job. But, but the Dolphins have done a great job addressing kind of almost every hole they needed they needed a cornerback. They needed a running back. They needed all these things. They got those things to make themselves set up to get exactly what they want in that draft. They want two in the first round. They want another elite defender. They're set up to do that nicely. I, oh, yeah. really, I, I really, really, really love what the Arizona Cardinals did. And I know, some, I know, John, you and I disagree about this, but I think the Cardinals now could have just really gave themselves a legit shot to win this division. I, don't, I think the Rams got worse. They let Todd they Gurley did. go. I don't know if I trust Jared, Jared Goff. The 49ers, I think they're a good team, but they're another team. They haven't really done much yet. They got an extra – they got a first-round draft pick right now. But what did they do? They lost Emmanuel Sanders. You know, they weren't really confident in Jimmy G. They might have been in on Brady. That's kind of a confidence downer. What's going to happen there? You know, we know some – look at the Rams last year. They kind of got hot, then they fell down. What's their status? Like, kind of mm-hmm. don't want to jump the question, but I think the Seattle Seahawks might have been the team who hasn't done anything yet. They haven't reached down to Clowney. They haven't got another wide receiver for, for Russell Wilson. They haven't improved that offensive line that much. They haven't got a steady running back. They haven't improved the defense at all. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals right now, just by getting DeAndre Hopkins and now setting up a nice top-10 draft pick, have a legit shot in Kyler Murray's second year to win this division. DeAndre absolutely. Hopkins absolute game-changer. They dumped that crappy contract to David Johnson. They can now exclusively use Kenyon Drake and, and Chase Edmonds, which they really want to do. I like what they've done. I like what they've done so far with the, with the DeAndre Hopkins moves. And like I said, Seattle probably my team who I think hasn't done enough yet. They haven't re-signed Clowney. Who, really? What's your situation? Yeah, what's your, what's your situation in running back? Okay, I guess you got Chris Carson. Is he going to be healthy? They've made though? some good stuff. I'm trying to. They haven't really done much. I mean, their secondary is still not that great. They lost. They lost. You know, Font to the Jets, who I know it was an overpowering offensive. Uh, you know, line. But they got but, that nice corner from the Redskins. Yeah, I was going to say Andre Diggs. Yeah. I think that's a really good move for a fifth round pick. You mean Quentin Dunbar? Or Dunbar? Quentin Dunbar? I'm sorry. They, uh, they I, okay. And that, yeah, that's but, a move that kind of slipped my yeah. mind. But I don't Quentin know. Dunbar. Still, I what 
Why didn't where's Clowney? They didn't get him. They need a pass rusher, right? Clowney well, only had three sacks, and he wants twenty million a year. No, I, mean, I agree. He's overpaid, but they look. You you need a guy like that on defense. What about what about running back? Like, like I said, Chris Carson is he going to be good enough to go? I like what he's got to go, but maybe still, maybe they're going to go for Jonathan Taylor. I th- when I maybe. watch Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin, he's a guy I think. Wow, on the Seahawks, that guy fits perfectly. Yeah, yeah. And another well, move I like too, yeah. Atlanta. I really like. I, really. I, I really think people are doubting Todd Gurley, and I think he yeah, might have one of his terrible moves. He terrible. is yeah. market right now. He is going to have one of his best seasons, if not his best season this year, with the Atlanta Falcons offense. I, 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 I really think so. A lot of money. I'm willing to bet you a lot of money. That ref- he doesn't even make the Pro Bowl. He's going to be refreshed. Yeah, he's going to be refreshed. Uh-huh. He's <laughs> in his home state of Georgia. Oh, great. Now oh, he's wonderful. better because he can visit his mama after he shits he, the bed. Yeah. Ten I carries, think, thirty-six yards. I think this Falcons offense is going to set him up nicely. They're going to use him. They're going to use uh-huh. him in the passing game. I love yeah. it, and I also like the I also like the Hayden Hurst move as well. It was an, it was a cheaper that was a option. Move. That was a dumb move. You gave up a second round pick for a guy who is the third string tight end when he was a first round pick before. That's a it was total drop off. Second, I thought it was a third. No, he's a no. It was a second round pick. That's, I mean, a, that's a high price. I thought it was a third. I thought it was a third. Are, we, are you definitely yeah. sure it was a second? I thought it was a second-round pick. I mean, confirm it. I, I'm 90% not sure. Correct. But back uh, to the but, Dolphins real quick. I think they signed a good set of pass rushers. They got Kyle Van Noy, the starting pass rusher for the New England Patriots. They're the Patriots Emmanuel 2.0. Abba. Yeah, that's true. Emmanuel Abba, right, the defensive hey. end from Cleveland. He's sure. solid. They got Kyle Van – or um, Shaq Lawson from Buffalo. Sure. And then they got my boy – Camus, Gruget, Hill, damn. Listen, I think this defense right now for the Dolphins, which was already kind of solid back the, last year for the guys that they had, it just got a lot better. And with the addition of Byron Jones, I think right now they have to be the, the I guess, the Super Bowl champs of free agency as we declared the frickin' Cleveland Browns last year. Huh. But And how did that work out for them? Exactly. But I'm just saying, on paper, they have improved the most in my mind. Uh, all right, so confirmation on the Hayden Hurst deal. It's actually worse than we said it was. They yeah. sent Hurst and a fourth rounder to the Falcons for a second and a fifth. Exactly, yeah. So they traded a fourth for a fifth uh, but, and then Hayden but, for a second. Well, let's look also at this at this way. And I know it's they how lost Hooper. Hey, hey, they lost Hooper. And hey, right. let's. But Hooper Hooper's got a lot okay. of money. Hooper got a lot of money for, not, for, for one good season. We'll put it that yeah. way. Yeah, well, Hayden Hurst. Let's 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 look at it this way. I know it's not a great way to look at it, but Hayden Hurst was a first round draft pick by the Baltimore Ravens, right? Like like, yeah, like he went before Lamar Jackson. Exactly. So yeah. I guess theoretically, like I know he hasn't played up to par, but if you val- maybe at the time the Falcons said, "Oh, look, we value him as a number of first round draft pick. We could we don't have to pay this you know crazy contract, to Austin Hooper. We'll give up a second and a fifth for Austin for uh, Hayden Hurst. We wanted him, and he was a first round value. I don't know what they were thinking. But yeah, but check this out. The he Eagles got Dallas Goddard. Game. The Eagles got Dallas Goddard the year after. Sure. They could have just waited. Got Dallas. I mean, honestly, yeah. I just think it's all how teams value players. It's exactly. it's all about war rooms and and got certain people who get paid a lot of money to act smart, see things that we don't see. Sometimes they're right about it. Sometimes they just really overthink it. I think, and I don't know. Maybe Hayden oh, Hurst. Not the year after. It's the round after. Second right. round. Same draft. My bad. But maybe Hayden Hurst now with not Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle blocking him, being a, the true number one tight end, will live somewhat up to standard. So I don't think that was a bad move. Like we said, we're always you're you're giving up draft picks. Maybe they 
you know, the, the tight end this year in the draft, the value is not great anyway. You know what I mean? So I, I guess. I don't know. I just think the Falcons are overrated like every single year. I, I, I bet, just hope. I already bet their win total. Seven and a half wins over. You did the over. That's, that's horrendous, Chris. At plus money? No way. You're, you're such a degenerate. <laughs> you're already betting on futures right now, Chris? Yeah, Jesus. The draft hasn't even happened and free agency hasn't even concluded. You got to wait to bet on futures till no, then. No, no, no. Like a no. month before the season. No. Wait, Drew, did we get to you yet? No, no you still haven't gotten to me. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, buddy. Sometimes I just go off. Um, yeah. <laughs> mine, okay, mine is actually surprising. I mean, like, you guys listed some big ones. The Dolphins, of course, have improved a ton. We expect that from a team with, like, the most cap space coming into this year. Yeah. I personally think the Philadelphia Eagles have been Wow, very- the Cowboys fans said that? They're free Whoa. agents this year. The Philadelphia Eagles have been shedding nostalgia, Jason Peters, Malcolm Jenkins, and as much as the fan base likes to, you know, or doesn't like the fact that Malcolm left, we saw the money deal, you know, they probably could have done it. I like them shedding the the old age. I love the Darius Slay pickup. You held out on the Ramsey deal because you didn't want to mortgage the house, and the Slay contract... I actually haven't read up, but I saw today breaking. I saw breaking that the contract is actually a lot more team friendly than originally reported. Like there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of like bonus and, and stuff in there, like to make sure that he's he's performing up to standard. Only gave up a third and a fifth round, which the Eagles suck at drafting, so they probably would have you know just bombed those anyway. So they <laughs> exactly. actually got a solid a solid haul. And I like what the how he is finally saying, "Hey, we won the Super Bowl, but it's okay that guys that won the Super Bowl for us get have to leave at one point. Like it's oh, it's yeah. cool, and we'll sign new guys." So I was I've been really impressed with them. Like they've signed they signed Mills back. Um, Von Hargrave back. That, that defensive tackle. Ooh. Yeah, and they've been paired up, up with Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson. Ooh. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Every every year is Fletcher Cox, Fletcher Cox, but he hasn't really been all that for the past few years. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, I could. I don't know if I agree with the totally, but I will say last year was kind of a down year for him until that very last game. The very last game he showed up, but yeah. it, it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt that now he has Malik Jackson, and then whenever he gets hurt, because that's inevitable, it seems like. And yeah. Now he's got Javon Hargrave lining up right next to him and. Woo, watch out for the interior of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh-huh. I definitely I, I think that they've done quite a bit and they've they've done smart moves. Not maybe not the most the plethora of moves that some other teams have made, but they've made smart moves. As for the worst team, uh, I'm gonna stay in the division actually. I'm gonna say the Washington Redskins. Uh, wow. the Redskins signings have been kind of disappointing, but what's really been frustrating about them in free agency has been you got Trent Williams still sitting in there in a very hostile situation where his agent continues to yell and scream saying, we want to be traded, we want to be released. And you're telling me you can't get a trade for that guy, for Trent Williams, like one of the best offensive tackles possibly in the league. Quentin Dunbar for a fifth rounder, that's terrible. And I, I don't terrible. know what Washington's plan is from here on out. I don't know if next year is tanking. You know, I'm not a big Kyle Allen fan either. I'm not a big Dwayne Haskins guy. They just seem discombobulated. They don't seem, you know, everyone wants to say, Ron Rivera, great pickup, but it's not going to go anywhere if you can't get proper signings or can't get value for Trent Williams or guys like a, like a Quentin Dunbar. Like, that's a steal. Like, the Seahawks are going to be so much better next year for that, and you got a fifth rounder. Like, once again, and I'll say this once, I said it a billion times before, NFL trades make no sense because I highly doubt you'll get a player 
that is better than Quentin Dunbar in the fifth round of the draft. And if you do, it'll be shocking. It'll be so I don't I just don't understand. I think they've been kind of lackluster, but but who cares? They weren't going to contend either way. That's true, but at the same time, I think it's just the plan of the Redskins right now is not necessarily to compete right away because trust me, they are very far away from even competing oh, yeah. for second place in the division. And we know how that bad that division me. is. It, yeah, that's it true. It doesn't excuse value them. Back. Of course, of course. But it's hard to make moves with a, a team like Washington where there's so much corruption. And I know Ron Rivera is there. And he's the best coaching candidate in my mind. And he went to the worst destination, which is so ironic to me. But like, who knows who's making the moves up there now? I know it's Ron Rivera, but at the same time, do other GMs trust Ron Rivera? Like, that's the thing. When you trade and you do transactions with other teams, you have to be – there has to be a trust there that you're not going to screw the other person over. But right now, you can see – how about that trade that he made for Kyle Allen? He got the quarterback that he was working with last year, and now I think the Redskins are going to go draft Tua. Uh, I think – what, what I think about Kyle Allen is I think he thrived really well in, in the beginning of the season when they were kind of chugging along. And I think he's one of those prototypical quarterbacks that if you put him behind a flimsy O-line and a lack of weapons like on the Redskins, he'll struggle. I mean, I haven't seen a quarterback accurately be able to command the Redskins for, for quite a long time. They have not been good at preserving quarterbacks, keeping them healthy, keeping them you know at peak performance. I think he'll struggle next season. Let's move on to question three, guys. We've been touching base on all of these teams that have been making good moves, bad moves. But so far, what has been the most surprising move in the NFL free agency so far? I can think of a lot of them on the top of my head, but Drew, we'll start with you. What has been the most surprising move so far for me, from you in the 2020 NFL free agency? Whew. There are, there is quite a bit to be had, right? Let's start off with, you know, you, you could say D-hop. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins going to the Cardinals. That was extremely surprising. Started it up. I'm sure one of you guys will mention that. I won't mention that because of the stuff that came out after about Bill O'Brien comparing him to Aaron Hernandez, uh, criticizing him for having his mothers at practice. That's not something you do to a star player. So, I mean, at the end of the day, them trading him for such low value wasn't as surprising as we all thought originally. Um, What I'd have to say is Cam Newton. I, I, you know, as much as, you know, the past few years for Superman have been rocky, rough, stuff like that. It's really tough to say that, you know, a former MVP, a guy with the sort of accolades and, you know, experience that Cam Newton has, a guy that we hope going into the next season is going to be fully healthy, would just be dumped off on the market. And I feel like it was even more surprising because we had just seen Kyle Allen shipped off for a fifth rounder. So you look at Kyle Allen compared to Cam Newton, you essentially traded Kyle Allen for, you know, his value is set on basically half of a good season versus Cam, which apparently they could not get value for on the market. So I just think that that was very surprising that they couldn't find a way to just squeeze something out of him. There's got to be a team out there that would be willing to take take the shot on Cam, but most teams probably called their bluff and they had to release him, and, and that was really shocking for me. John, what about you? What has been the most surprising move for you so far? To me, this move was ridiculous to trade. I mean, Drew alluded to it already. The DeAndre Hopkins trade, like, if you have any problems with your players, you guys got to handle it like men. You guys are in the NFL. How do you not just be able to talk it out? To me, it's just nuts. 
that you let go a, a potential Hall of Famer, probably a Hall of Famer in my mind. You let him go for basically peanuts, a second-round pick, and David Johnson. <laughs> David Johnson. His contract sucks. Exactly. His contract <laughs> yeah. sucks, and he hasn't been up to par these last two years. Like, I know the Texans were desperate for draft capital, but you don't trade DeAndre Hopkins for that compensation. Like, you at least – like, Peter King wrote the article of, oh, hey, DeAndre Hopkins is probably going to get traded. Let the teams take your time. There's no rush. It's not like you're with DeAndre Hopkins. Everyone's quarantining. So you could have waited. You could have fielded a lot better offers. It's not like the Cardinals were like, hey, this is our best offer. You take it right now or it's gone. Like, you know, you know what? I would have ran to their door with my first round draft pick. Ran to yeah, the door I, with it. Exactly. I would have been like, here you go. I like Jerry Judy, but I think DeAndre Hopkins is better than Jerry Judy. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing I want to say about this trade is that I hope to God, for Bill O'Brien's sake or, or just the Texans fan base, that this was not a situation where there was an offer in the AFC for Hopkins that was superior, but Bill O'Brien said, no, we can't trade him in the conference. No. One of the dumbest things that GMs in sports do is say, oh, I have a good offer from the opposite conference, but a better offer from my conference, but I just take the inferior offer because I don't want to play the guy in my conference uh, once I or mean, twice a year. That wouldn't surprise me. It happens all the time. It does. I think it's it, terrible. It wouldn't surprise me if Bill O'Brien. I'm, I'm just going to say, this is basically my most shocking move, like, as well, like, we talked about it when this happened. I think it's a stupid move. I don't. It wouldn't surprise me, if Bill O'Brien. That was his mind thinking. But I think it was the first offer that just came to like kind of what John's saying. If he would have waited this out, maybe waited until after the draft, where maybe a team like the Jets was like, "Whom? Maybe next year we'll give our first round draft pick. We got an offensive lineman. Now we got another second round wide receiver. We can get DeAndre Hopkins. They probably could have got a first round draft pick from if they waited it out. I think it was just that." Bill O'Brien is irrational. He's a terrible GM. We've been seeing these reports about him that he just doesn't think he's, he's irrational. He's got a bad temper. How about all the good things DeAndre Hopkins has done for Houston, huh? How about all the money he's donated into the community? Like, my friends live in Houston. Like, her dad works, you know, goes to Texans games. They know how much money DeAndre Hopkins donates to the community. His mom is blind. She sits front row in the games. He gives a football to her. I've never heard one bad thing about DeAndre Hopkins. I even have a friend whose brother went to college with him and just said he was a cool dude, nothing about him. He wasn't, like, a bad guy either. Then all these reports out. He's got, who cares? At least he's having, if, if, if this is the case, you know, my girlfriend said this. It was probably one of the smartest things she ever said. Who cares? At least he's, like, bringing his kids around, right? Like, showing that he cares, bringing around, like, his family to these games, right? Like, like at least he's not being a deadbeat dad if that was the case. Like, this, this to, to say you compare him to Aaron Hernandez because he has so many baby mamas, like, Bill O'Brien, like, Someone used to call Bill O'Brien in the office and used to be like, you just shut your freaking mouth, all right? You're spending money like you got daddy's ad next. You're doing a terrible job at it. And now you're just saying stupid things. You're comparing our one of our best players. Probably, I would say besides Andre Johnson, probably the second yeah. or, or number one best player in Houston Texans history. You let him go for a second round draft pick and for David Johnson. Hello, the Texans don't have a first round draft pick this year. They can't even replace that. They're rolling out Randall Cobb. They're rolling out Kenny Stills. They're rolling out Will Fuller. I mean, come on. Those are skilled guys, but these are guys who aren't number one receivers. It, it just doesn't make any sense. You could have got a running back in the second or third round. You probably could have ended up, walked away with Jonathan Taylor. Probably could have walked away with Kyle, uh, J.K. Dobbins. But you traded for David Johnson. So now your backfield's David Johnson, Duke Johnson. You could have kept Carlos freaking Hyde. 
He had a good season. He rushed almost a thousand yards. He should have got him most value. Could have kept your number one wide receiver. It's stupid. I, I, you know, I get it. You know, you talk about you know it's business, but this 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 was personal. It seemed this didn't seem like business. This seemed like Bill O'Brien was annoyed about something DeAndre Hopkins did for some reason. Doesn't like that, and it was personal. This is not business. This is this is personal. It was a bad deal. And honestly, like I'm gonna be honest with with the, with the layoff time. I know it's a crazy thing to do. You probably can't do it, but. If I'm, the, if I'm the Texans' ownership, I'm like thinking, you know, okay, maybe you can't fire Bill O'Brien because it's it's so late, but I'm thinking maybe I'm bringing in a true GM right now because he's done some crappy moves so far. It's made that team worse. Like, like they have no first-round draft pick because they got Larry, they traded for Larry McTunsil, which is okay, fine, but now you're kind of screwed this year. You kind of have a lot of holes, and you can't adjust, uh, address them in the first round. No, I agree, Chris. It's, it's a little concerning what's going on in Houston, but as long as they have Deshaun Watson, it's like the – it's like what the Seahawks are doing with Russell Wilson. They're kind of letting go the other holes, like let them be holes because they have a, such a, they have a quarterback that is so dynamic that, that he wins games on his own. But so I, I think, think they're just really yeah, relying on, uh, on that. Okay, and, and look, DeAndre and, and Deshaun Watson is still a great quarterback, but I think Pete Carroll is a better coach than Bill O'Brien and can get away with that. Where I don't think Bill O'Brien's going to be able to get away with this. DeAndre Hopkins won them a lot of games. He's made clutch touchdowns, clutch catches, set up field goals, set up game-winning drives. I don't feel confident with any of the receivers they have now. Will Fuller probably will only play five games this year, if most, and that sucks. But, like, I don't know. Drew, like, what do you think? Randall Cobb, one of your boys from Dallas, going there. Like, is he going to fill? Is he gonna even remotely fill the shoes of DeAndre Hopkins? Like, No, no, of course not, Chris. You already know the answer to that. And you nailed it on the head. You said, you know, none of those guys are number ones. Will Fuller's big play guy, but, he, yeah, he's only going to play five, six games. Uh, Kenny Stills, yeah, he's really cute out of the slot, but he's really cute out of the slot. Same and thing with Cobb. Cobb like can, 12 games. Cobb can put up a 100-yard game. He did in Dallas, but that's not like a – like if you have – Randall Cobb has 100 yards, that doesn't mean Randall Cobb has won you the game. It just means you're, you're passing the ball well and you're moving down the field. So, yeah, I mean it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous the haul they got back. Like you're telling me there wouldn't be any team in the league that would be willing to break down the door and give, that, give up a first-rounder or two first-rounders. You're telling me the Philadelphia Eagles wouldn't have given up any – and I know they want to use their draft capital and such and such, but DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best in the league – one of the least dramatic in the league of number one wide receivers you look at. The only argument that I can say that is pro Bill O'Brien and pro this move is that the the Houston Texans have not advanced very far ever with DeAndre Hopkins. That's the I only agree. argument. But you're not really – like David Johnson, is, David Johnson has proven he is not some amazing asset after this past season. So we have to look at it and say basically the Texans gave up Hopkins for – minimal return on value and they can't replace those holes like chris said in the first round because they don't have first rounders how about this do you think this happened at all i'm just thinking about this while i'm sitting quarantined in my basement uh maybe it's the fumes or something but do you think that do you think the patriots at all tried to acquire deandre hopkins like maybe like hey if we get deandre hopkins maybe tom brady will stay you think that crossed their mind you think there's a phone call like there's a relationship between bill o'brien and Belichick, nah, too much money maybe or is it maybe yeah, like what Drew said too? Not trade with someone you're friends with. Yeah, cap and stuff. I get that. That's like, too much money would... because that's why the Eagles didn't go after him. Sure, but they had their mindset on Darius Slay, and I think that was a better fit. I think you could go, they can draft the wide receiver where they're at the Eagles, but they probably couldn't draft the cornerback at at Darius Slay's value. But I don't know. I, I, I wonder that. I just I, I agree with both of you guys. I think there's no doubt in my mind that they could have got a first round draft pick for him. Like they, they some team the like. What about the 49ers? Now they have a first-round draft pick. Maybe they would have traded their first-round draft pick for DeAndre Hopkins. They got one. You know what I mean? Like, they need receivers. 
there, there's no shortage of teams who need receivers right now. Like, like you know, my favorite team, your favorite team, maybe besides Drew's team, the Cowboys. I think all, of our teams I think all three teams could. Yeah, sure. All three teams. Yeah. Well, well, like, I could. The Cowboys could have made a package for that for Hopkins. Are you kidding? Yeah, me? but you wouldn't have paired. You couldn't have paid Cooper and Hopkins. Like that was a thing. Like if you didn't yeah. get Cooper, sure. But like they, the Cowboys are in the market for a three receiver. You know, not not a, a number one like the Jets mm-hmm. and the Eagles are. But yeah. But I don't know. All right, all right. Let let's let's go to the next question. I, I like this one, John. Mm-hmm. Let's go with it. So, all right, all right. So Peyton Manning reportedly turned down eighteen million dollar deal to be in the Monday Night Football booth. Who do you want to see announcing for ESPN next year? John, we'll start with you. Who do you want to see in that booth for Monday Night I, I Football? Want, I wanted Peyton Manning really yep. badly. I, that's who my guy was. And for, for him to just decline ESPN again, that's embarrassing on ESPN's part. And he now, said, wait, I, wait, wait. He said he didn't want to uh, stri- go with the. He didn't want to have the weekly schedule on him. So it wasn't ESPN as much of it was just the consistency. That's a, that's a BS excuse, Drew. <laughs> it, listen, let me tell you something. You're still in school. Chris and I are in the real <laughs> world. Let me tell you something real quick. Money yeah. talks and BS walks. He wanted more money. I'm telling you, he wants more money. He wants at least 25 grand or 25 million a year. I think that's what would have done it for. Peyton Manning, but I don't know. For me, you literally just give a blank check to Peyton Manning. Hey, here, this is what this is how much we want you. We're going to give you a blank check. Tell us how much you want, and you got it. That's it. That's how what it should have been. Because if you put Peyton Manning in the booth, you're going to get ratings up the kahunas, man. It's going to be unbelievable. It's going to be even better than what Tony Romo does on CBS. I just don't know why ESPN, they botched this one again. Now, in terms of who do I want to see next year, honestly, I don't really care. Because <laughs> if it's Booker and Joe Tessitore again, oh, my God, I'm just going to mute the TV. I mean, I like Joe Tessitore. It's just Booger. He's really living up to his name, Booger. It's, it's absolutely terrible of what he's doing on that broadcast. So, I don't know. Who are some replacements that you th- I mean, maybe Lewis Riddick? He's an ESPN guy. Lewis Riddick would do really well, I think, in my mind. Uh, Dan Orlovsky, I like him. Oh, no, no, no. I love Dan Orlovsky. Orlovsky. I don't want to hear Eagles talk for every single year. Eagles talk. Shut up. He's the official Eagles dick Hey, we got Cowboys talk with freaking Troy Aikman, Tony (laughs) Romo, Jason Witt in his pants. That's because we're America's team, baby. Ah, shut up. Hey, hey, how about maybe not Peyton Manning? What about maybe they no, get Eli. little brother Eli stop. Manning in the booth? That would be hilarious, man. I bet you. What if it was I both of them? The Manning brothers in the booth? That'd be hilarious. But I think, it's like, dude, Eli Manning in the booth would be like, like, it'd be like watching your dad in the booth. Like, you're like, well, what, what's going to happen? How's this going to happen? Like, like, you're telling me you'd rather listen to Booger McFarlane over Eli Manning? Like, I, I, I think I'd rather choose Eli Manning than Booger McFarlane. Yeah, yes. me too. Me too. Yeah, like, for sure. Oh no! Like who? Who? Pat McAfee? Like he's entertaining. No, but... no, 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 no. I sure, actually have look like, like him. You kind of look like. I have more candidates on the top of my head that I don't want to do it than I do. I don't want Pat McAfee. I do not want Dan Orlovsky. Of course, I don't want Booger. I don't want Pat McAfee yelling at my TV every Monday night. I will. Act, I would prefer Booger over Pat McAfee. Oh, Pat McAfee doesn't know anything. He's just a Twitter meme. He's just a Twitter what meme. About, what about Chris Berman? Bring back Chris Berman. 
I wouldn't mind that, but Berman got like he's demoted. He's not. No, he didn't get demoted. He just semi-retired. Yeah, he like semi-retired. Back, Let me back, tell back, you. Back, 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 touchdown. He's a play-by-play guy. They, they like, I, I wouldn't mind. I, like, I don't, I don't know what they're thinking because Monday Night Football has like really good guys for the booth on their halftime and pregame and postgame show. Like, I would love to see Randy Moss. I would take Lewis Riddick. I would take Steve Young. I would take any of those guys to be in the booth to do it. I don't know if that's like what they're how more they're built. Money, more money probably to do the pregame shows. Yeah, that's you, you, my opinion. It's like a three. You know, I get it. Like that. It's more. The, it's it, it's you know your face is on camera more. You're probably getting more this. You get to do. They're doing more segments. Like it's probably more money and more kind of what they want. Like I don't know. They, like, you think Randy Moss would actually be good doing play-by-play? Like, okay, not play-by-play, but color. Yeah, maybe he'd be good at that. I guess, you know, play-by-play. He's play good at breaking work. it down. He might, oh, he's more right. of a specialist. Okay. Sure, sure. But like, but, like, it's tough for us to really say because remember when Romo got hired? I mean, nobody knew how amazing Romo was going to be. Uh, and, uh. and then after the season, we, were, you, we just need someone on ESPN who's like Romo, who is very intelligent, knows all facets of the game, but also kind of watches the game like a fan does. Which Jake is Cutler. taste. I Jake don't want Cutler. Jake Cutler. He's gonna be like <laughs> drunk like half of the games anyway if he if he shows up. <laughs> Which might be even more entertaining than listening to <laughs> Booger McFarland. But like you're right, like ESPN has so many good people on, like even Sports Center or just different things. Like, why not give him a shot? Because like Bro, it, it's clear A in the booth. No, all right, no. <laughs> no. no. Dude, I was just that. thinking Stephen A. Oh That's my god. Terrible. That'd be worse. You might as well put Mike Francesca next to him and just have like a circus <laughs> out with them talking about nonsense. Like they would just start fighting with each other. Like nothing. Like it, it'd be like it'd be like some you know like I don't know. It, it would literally just be like terrible. Like they'd be like they're just disputing something. Like Stephen, I'd be like, Tom Brady threw a ball. It was incomplete. And like Mike Francesca would be like, I told you, Brady. You know, he just doesn't have it anymore. Like you know, like it'd be terrible. Like. Uh, I I don't know. Like I don't even know how to solve this ESPN problem. Like it, like Peyton Manning just doesn't want to do it. He's probably making more money doing his nationwide state state farm whatever commercials he does. Like he probably guess he's enjoying that more. But like like you're right. Like go ESPN needs to take a risk with just like a player that like you said CBS did with Tony Rambo. Just like take a guy who's maybe when Ryan Fitzpatrick retired, you lock him up to a contract to the booth. Like he's a Harvard guy. He knows the game. Josh McCown, he knows the game. Like, he's got a pretty face, too. He's a handsome guy. Yeah, he is a handsome guy, but hey, we're against the clock here. We gotta go. From Chris, Drew, and myself, thanks for listening to Philly vs. the World. Stay safe, stay inside, and wash your damn hands.